0: Hey, teacher friend, welcome to the Simply Teach podcast, a podcast for teachers by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson, and each week I bring you a podcast full of practical and helpful ideas from teachers. We all know that teaching is really hard work, and I want this podcast to be a place for you to not only find ideas, but to also find encouragement and motivation. Happy Tuesday, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Simply Teach. Last week, we launched season six, and I shared with you some strategies for making the most of your time for working from home. Head back there and listen in to find out how to get the Working From Home Teacher's Edition mini course that I'm hosting over on my website. But starting today and for the remainder of the season of this podcast, all of the episodes are going to be focused on different areas of the classroom and how to organize them. I planned this all out way before COVID-19, social distancing, and teaching online was even a blip on our radars, and I could have revamped my whole podcast plan, but I decided not to. Classroom organization is so important, and it's going to be even more important when you step back into your classroom at the start of a new year. In July, I'll be opening up my signature course, the Organized Teacher Framework, to help you get your classroom organization plan in place. So each Tuesday over these next few months leading up to that, we're going to be tackling a different area of your classroom that you can organize. And actually, I think this is really great and it works out better than I could have ever planned because right now, so many of you aren't in your classroom. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but your teaching schedules are a little less hectic right now, I think for most of you. But all this time allows you to really think through how you want to revamp things for this new year. So today we're going to be starting off with guided reading organization. Guided reading is such an important part of the elementary classroom, and I hope that you are doing this on a regular basis. Well, you know, at least when school looks like normal. One last thing before we get started. I know it's technically still this school year and you aren't in your classrooms right now, but next week I am going to be hosting a free training on how to pack up your classroom. And I'd love for you to sign up and join us by heading to the simply organized com slash pack dash up. Stick around to the end. I'll share some more information about this free training, but I'd love to have you. And I think it could be really valuable right now. So let's move on to today's topic of how to organize your guided reading plans. Guided reading was always a really challenging subject for me, and I'm not quite sure why, probably because they don't like really teach it in undergrad, but I struggled to figure out what and how to teach in small groups. However, once I did figure it out, or once I figured out how to organize for it, I was able to feel much more confident in actually pulling groups and teaching in a guided reading setting. As I do with most things, when I feel out of control or like I don't know how to do something, I always come back to creating a plan. That's just my default mode. That's, I guess, the Enneagram 1, Type A, me. So when guided reading continued to be a challenge, I knew I needed to sit down and figure out how to organize for guided reading and then get a system in place. Once I got that plan in place, I realized that guided reading could actually be a really valuable time with my kids. It proved my theory that for me, organization always has to come before doing the actual work. And that's why I'm so passionate about helping teachers get organized. When we have organized classrooms, spaces, and routines in place, then we can focus on what really matters, which is educating your students. Once I got my guided reading organization system in place, I didn't spend time stressing over where to write my plans or how to choose books. I had the system in place, or the routine, I guess would be a better word. But once that system and that routine was in place for something, all I had to do was walk through the steps. So let's talk about how to organize for guided reading. When it comes to getting organized for guided reading, you need three key things. You need your guided reading planning materials, your materials or the tools that you're going to use with your kids, and then you need your structure. So we're going to break this episode down into those three main parts within little mini parts Uh, within this section. So first, let's talk about organizing your guided reading planning materials. A guided reading binder is a great way to organize all of your materials, all of your planning materials. You know how I always talk about having a home for everything? Your guided reading binder is your home for all things guided reading. In the binder, you can keep all of your lesson plans, past and present, anecdotal notes, guided reading groups, or any other important documents that you need for guided reading and RTI paperwork. Inside my guided reading binder, I kept folders for guided reading groups, and I got this idea from the guided reading guidelines in the book called Making the Most of Small Groups by Debbie Diller, and I'll link it in this week's show notes so you can go check it out. But I loved this guidelines paper because it was broken down into each reading level and then the characteristics that define that level. So basically what I did is I just made a copy of, I think it was like three or four pages, and then I cut them out. Laminated them, actually, I probably laminated them first and then cut them out and attached a piece of Velcro onto the back. That way, within this folder that I had, and all of these pictures are going to be over on the show notes. So if you are a more visual person, you can head over there. But I basically just took like a file folder and laminated that, put some Velcro spots, I think four, because I had four groups. And then all I had to do whenever I was looking at what I needed to teach a group is look at their guided reading characteristics that were Velcroed in above their group. It was their level and it told me what strategies they needed to be working on. Like I said, head to the symbol organized slash guided reading lesson plans to see pictures of all this. And then within that folder, I also had sticky notes for each student with their DRA level listed on it. And then I could put the sticky note in the appropriate group. And I was easily able to see who was where and what I needed to be working on with each of the group of students. So in addition to housing your groups, you're also going to need to house your actual guided reading plans. On the blog is a picture of the template I use to write out my guided reading lesson plans. And basically on this paper, it was one piece of paper for all of my groups, just with a, divided into like a, a grid. Each group was listed along with who was in each group, what text level I was working on with them. And then every group was listed on this page with just short little notes to help me guide my time with the students. Remember, guided reading is only supposed to be 15 minutes or so per group, so don't feel like you have to plan a ton. But one reminder I do want to remind you of when it comes to planning for guided reading lessons is it's always best to pick the objective for the group first and then pick the book. When I first started teaching, I always chose the book and then tried to find an objective to match it. And that's not the purpose of small group teaching. Guided reading is working with those students right where they are which is why you should be taking notes in each group to help you know what you need to plan for the upcoming week. And that's why these guided reading characteristics are so helpful because they tell you exactly what things that the kids in that level are gonna be needing to work on in order to advance to the next level. So once an uh, objective is picked, then you can choose the books from the literacy library or your leveled readers. And I would quickly just skim The book to get the information I needed to fill in this guided reading planning form. Basically, it was just the group, the kids, the level, some keywords, my objective, you know, what my focus was, a few questions that I wanted to make sure to ask. That was pretty much it. And then also within my binder, I had a spot for anecdotal notes. And you're gonna want to make sure to have that when you are preparing all of your guided reading materials. This can be a simple column on your guided reading planning document as I had on mine, or it can be a whole section in your binder where you have a space for each kid in your writing notes. That really is whatever works for you. Just be sure to set a structure for writing notes after each guided reading lesson. For example, all you have to do is ask your kids to switch stations. You finish up teaching. While they're picking up, moving to the next literacy station and getting prepared, you can be jotting down whatever notes you need to for the group that you just met with. Then once they're all done and they're all transitioned into their new station, You've written your notes. You can move on with the next group. Okay, so now let's move on and talk about your guided reading materials. I can't even begin to tell you what kinds of actual materials you're going to need for your students because it's going to be vastly different from many other teachers around the world. So instead, let's focus on how to organize your guided reading materials. As I say, anytime we talk about organization, everything needs a home. Some of the best homes that I can recommend are baskets and bins, as well as plastic drawers. And my favorite tools for organizing my guided reading materials are pictured over my website, and they're linked up to my Amazon store. But I love the weave baskets, as well as any of the plastic drawers, both big and small. Again, drawers and baskets allow me to give things homes. And then by using smaller baskets or bins, or even like little plastic baggies or folders within those baskets and bins, I can make more homes. Again, just head to the teacher.com, uh, slash podcast. You'll see the show notes for this episode, and it'll link you up to all the pictures of everything that I'm talking about. Some other things you want to make sure that you have at your small group teaching area are pens or crowns or pencils, glue, scissors, all that kind of stuff. You never know when you might have a lesson that involves students using these tools. And because guided reading is so short, you don't have time for them to go get their own resources. You don't want to waste time on that. Hey, teachers real quick let's talk about how busy you are i know that you're so busy it seems like every day administrators are slapping you with one more thing to do meetings reporting data making parent phone calls attending meetings grading papers holding conferences sitting in arts 504 meetings facilitating after school clubs that you don't even get paid for writing lesson plans the list could go on and on and on and on and on and you probably find yourself asking how do i even get organized beginning of the year is a crazy time and things usually end up shoved in cabinets stacked on top of bins and the room starts out a mess and then once school is in full motion it feels like you have no time to devote to getting organized and then staying consistent that's hard with all the stuff you have to keep up with all the papers coming in the resources you have all over your room how do you practically stay organized That's where the classrooms that spark joy virtual training comes in. This course is a set of six practical things you can do in your classroom to get organized. What I love most about the training is that you don't have to physically be in your classroom because I'm teaching you the strategies and the things you need. At some point, you're of course gonna have to be doing the actual organizing, but the number one step, anytime you organize something is to create a plan. Just like we're talking about with guided reading right now. Anytime you wanna start something new, you need a plan in place. The Classrooms That Spark Joy virtual training is going to help you get that plan in place to create your organized classroom. Then, once you are in your classroom and you can walk through the action steps to make it happen, you can create your organized classroom. All you have to do to get access to this virtual training is head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com, search for Classrooms That Spark Joy. It'll come right up and you can join. Lastly, let's talk about your guided reading structure. It's probably the most important part of how to organize for guided reading. It's your structure, your routine. We can break this structure up into three parts, structure for your planning, structure for your lessons with students, and then structure for your students while you're meeting with small groups. Guys, classroom management is key to this part of organizing for guided reading. If you don't have a solid management plan in place, then just stop right where you are you first need the classroom management plan in place so that you can trust your students enough to do what's expected of them while you're pulling kids. I've got a ton of blogs on my website on the topic of classroom management. I recommend starting with Simply Teach episode number 11, so scroll way back. It's called Four Must-Have Behavior Management Plans. Then after that, you can read the blog post called How to Implement Classroom Management Plans. That's all going to be linked in this week's show notes. So you can go read all that, listen to all that. But you've got to have a classroom management plan in place in order for this to be successful. So when it comes to structuring for your planning, you need to make sure that you have a routine for when it comes to sitting down and writing out your guided reading lesson plans. I've talked a lot about batching your days and you need to have a day Planned each week to work on your lesson plans for whole group teaching, but also for your small group teaching. So I generally like to do this on Thursday after my whole group plans were already mapped out for the week. That way, even though small group teaching is more focused on what the kids need specifically, if I knew where I was headed in the upcoming week, I could at least try and tie in some concepts or choose books that related to what we were doing in our whole group setting. So I recommend having a checklist to go through when you plan for guided reading, even if that checklist is your guided reading lesson plan template, and it walks you through all the parts needed for a successful guided reading lesson. Checklists are going to be what help build you the routines. Routines help take away that decision making struggle, the decision fatigue that we have for making so many decisions all day long. So literally when it comes time to planning for this, all you have to do Is focus on what to teach instead of thinking through what part of the process you're working through right now. Okay, then when it comes to structuring for time with your students, while you're meeting with your students, you need to have an organized plan for what that's going to look like. The guided reading lesson plan template that I shared with you, talked about here, and then it's linked over on the show notes, not only creates my checklist or my structure for how I'm going to plan for each lesson. It also creates the structure of what my guided reading is going to look like. All I have to do is state the objective, discuss the words that they may not know, begin reading with the students, and then check in with questions. Whatever you decide your guided reading process is going to look like, you just need to make sure that you try to keep it as similar as possible each week. This not only creates routine and expectation for you, but also for your students, and we thrive best under routine and structure. So Of course, flexibility is fun and good, and you can have some room for changing things up, but try to do your best to structure the majority of your lessons in the same general flow. And then lastly, you're going to need a plan for what your students are going to be doing. Ideally, they're doing some sort of literacy stations. You're also going to want some kind of station board to help kids know what they're working on while you're meeting in small groups. Episode number, I'm looking at my notes right now, episode number... 72 and 73 are going to be more on this small group teaching on stations and small group material organization. So be on the lookout for those episodes coming out next month. We're going to talk more about how to organize for these different things. But like I mentioned before, you need control of your classroom to be able to do guided reading effectively. Those first few weeks of school usually involve me introducing stations one by one and using my guided reading time to walk around and observe students and actually meeting with them. In their groups. Then after a couple weeks, I'll slowly start meeting with one or two groups for maybe five to 10 minutes at a time, gradually building up to letting my classroom work in literacy stations for the 30 or 40 minutes of the guided reading block that I have set out on my schedule. Another bonus to having great stations and management in place is that when you do have to suddenly be out for an illness or a mental health day or last minute off-campus training, you can leave stations for your substitute to do. Everything in your classroom needs organization and needs structure and needs routine. This not only helps keep things clutter free and organized, but it also gives you the framework to spend less time trying to figure out how to do something and more time working with your kids. If you want more steps on creating an organized and well-managed classroom, then I invite you to join the classrooms that spark joy virtual training. That's going to help you create those routines and those systems you need. And like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, next week, I'm going to be hosting a free training on how to pack up your classroom. Believe it or not, no matter how disorganized or messy your classroom was this year, you can still get organized for next year right now. And part of that is by packing up your classroom in an organized fashion. So join me in the free classroom pack up training to learn how to pack your classroom to make unpacking next year be a breeze. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Simply Teach. If you want to support the podcast, I would love, love, love it if you would head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. I'll see you back here next week to talk about why organized packing is so important. Until then, y'all have a great week. Stay healthy and I'll see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Simply Teach. Remember all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and access to the Simply Organized Teacher email list is all over my website, thesimplyorganizedteacher.com. Also, you can find me on Instagram at thesimplyorganizedteacher. Guys, I want to be your social media friend. I want to interact with you. So come find me. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com.